So in all this talk about the election, can I give you the one thing that's the total mind scramble? And a lot of this election is the mind scramble. And oh, for the people yelling at me and screaming at me, you're not talking enough about fraud, Tony. You're not doing this. And it's because you work for Urban One and you're not allowed to say that. And the best is there's like, like I, I, one guy has called me like 9 million times, which is, you know, I appreciate it. It's like passionate about the thing, but the presentation is just so awful. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm done with this. I'm gone. And then today's was just, just glorious. I think he thinks he's the only person coming at me on this subject. Do you not get that elections bring about passions and passions is not necessarily a sign of of being correct or intellect uh, at large not at all tony katz tony katz today good to be with you everybody find everything tonycats.locals.com man i get that people are passionate and i get that you take a look at places like arizona and you take a look in nevada and you're like that's fraud baby we got to go prove it. Well, you do, nothing matters. You just got to get rid of the fraud. Well, how, how do you get rid of the fraud? Well, Florida did it. Florida was able to make changes going back to how they counted the vote in 2000 and then the changes that have been made more recently because they had already won the governor's mansion and other statewide races. Well, if you don't have those things in place, how do you expect to get any changes done this is why i make the argument my all over the above strategy that while you have to fight mail-in voting you better make sure that your state is able to republicans are able to fight on this subject you have to be able to mail-in voting and ballot curing and 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 what's what's the ballot harvesting you have to be able to fight the way the fight is not the way the fight that you want it to be you have to fight the way the fight is you want to put an end to fraud i don't want any fraud whatsoever but let's say you believe that it's fraud in arizona and and nevada you have to win to then engage the changes on the election systems to ensure the least amount of fraud possible. And you do that by fighting. Fighting the way that they fight while pushing to put an end to this nonsense of mail-in balloting because it's nonsense garbage and the people who support it are absolutely supporting fraud. But if they're going to do it, I have to fight to do it so I'm able to keep up to put an end to their maybe playing around with the numbers by ensuring we've got the right vote totals. That's an all-the-above strategy, an all-the-above approach. You can't deny that that's the right way to do it. You want to argue with me? You're more than welcome to. You feel free. You knock yourself out, kitten. You go right ahead. But I want to share a number with you, a, a, a bit of information with you. It's not even a number. It's incredible. It really will force you to take a breath and, and, and be like, okay, what does that mean? And what it means is that as we discussed, there is good news that came from this election. Not great news. Not being able to take the Senate in this environment is pathetic. And of course, you've heard me advocate for leadership changes. But let me take you to New York. This comes from Andrew Kaczynski over there at the K-File. CNN uh, guy, he long has covered many of these things. I don't agree with the dude politically, uh, right? That's, That's not the argument here. The argument here is the data. Coming from the New York State Board of Elections, in this election, from 2020 to 2022, 
every single county in New York State, including where New York City is, every single county moved further to the right, grew in Republican votes. Now, it may not have been enough to offset those Democrat votes. Every single county moved to the political right. That, kids, is worthy of sitting down and staring at. When we talked about school board races all over the country being won by the non-woke, by rational parents who demand better for their kids, I had no idea that that concept had permeated. That for all the people who want to scream, Republican message just didn't get through. Oh no, it is getting through. If you even want to argue the candidate quality uh, argument, you're more than welcome to. And I don't claim that every uh, uh, right-leaning candidate had quality. Also, uh, neither did the left-leaning candidates, so we're clear. But in the state of Arizona, picking up congressional seats, in Florida, the beyond clean sweep and knockout, even with the issues in Arizona, they picked up seats. Even with the issues in New York, they picked up seats. And even with the really excellent system in Florida, they were able to clean house. Message is starting to get through. Which makes my point about how to fight even more important. The all of the above strategy try and remove these bad ideas while engaging in them so you're able to fight the way they fight. It's not counterintuitive. It is the only way to do it. And then when you have the leadership positions, make the necessary changes to ensure that fraud is at its most minimum, which is what every American should want. Big economic news out today. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, breaks it down with me coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So there was big movement in the futures, and we'll see how the markets end up today as, well, wholesale prices came out, and wholesale prices said, you know what? Things are better than expected. Very often we see those reports, and you realize, well, that's what's saying top line, and the markets will react to anything top line. What is it saying when you go inside? It seems that when you go inside, there might be some things that are better. I just don't know how that's jiving with what I'm getting told anecdotally, including the news that Amazon itself is going to shed 10,000 jobs. Is that part of the economic issue or is that taking advantage of the economic climate? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you guys. Find everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. It's free. You can subscribe. Whatever it is you want to do, I appreciate it either way. Dr. Matt Will joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis, D-R-M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L. Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box right there. Um, The number is 0.2%. Wholesale prices, the producer price index, the PPI, going up 0.2% in October, 8% year over year, which is the 0.2 being less than expected, the estimate being 0.4. What's your take? Well, Tony, you said it. The headline is good. In fact, we've had four consecutive months now of this trending down. This is very good headlines. The head, you can't beat this headline. And you're gonna hear the headline on a whole bunch of major networks. But Tony, you need to read the report. The two most important elements are goods. 
Goods are the stuff you buy, Tony. You go to the store, you buy it. And energy, it's what you put in your gas tank and heat your home. Those two items, annualized, I always do the annualized money, 7.2% increase in goods, 32% increase in energy. Let me say that again, Tony. 7.2% increase in goods last month, 32% in energy. The two things that you care about in your life, everything else is decent, Tony, but the two things you spend most of your money on is buying stuff and heating your home and driving your car. Those are in bad shape. So the headline's good, Tony, but the details, people are going to go and they're going to still see their pocketbook hurting. I'm right now on the BLS site. I'm looking at the producer price index news release summary that happened today. I want you to walk me through this. Show me what I'm looking at here because what I see in this October 2022 number, change in final demand from 12 months ago, 8%. Change in final demand, less foods, energy, and trade from 12 months ago, 5.4%. So where are you getting these numbers on the energy and the other things? If you, okay, so people, if they go to the bls.gov website, they'll see this table at the top of the report. Energy, at the bottom, October, says 2.7% for the month. 2.7% for the month, Tony. Do you see that? Yep. Okay, just multiply it by 12, Tony. So if, I, I got to take, I gotta take off my grade. shoes. I got to take off. I gotta, I, thank goodness I have an <laughs> abacus close by. Uh, so I just carry the three. That's 32.4. 30. That's 32.4. 30. Yes, Tony. One month. One month. 32.4% annual increase in inflation for energy. And then look at total goods, total goods, or just do food. Let's just do food. I think everybody- That's 0.5. Is that a fair assumption? Foods is 0.5. Yep, that comes to 6%, Tony. That comes to 6% annualized. You telling me that that much of an increase in one month won't hurt people? I don't care what the headline says, Tony. You're still paying more for your Thanksgiving dinner. So when the president comes out and says something about, oh, Thanksgiving is cheaper, Thanksgiving, oh, it's so much. No, it's not, Tony. This month alone, 6% annualized increase, and the money it costs you to go visit your friends for Thanksgiving, your family, 32%. So now, wait a second. Let's go back a couple months in foods. I'm going to go back to July, because July it was up 1.3. In August, it was down 0.1. In September, it was up 1.3. And in October, it's up 0.5. So Yes. It, 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 it seems that we had this while of going positive, negative, positive, negative, and now we've had two months in a row of positive. That does give me more concern than feel good about what we're looking at. Yeah, Tony, and, and let, me, let, me, let me dive into this a little bit more. Let me explain the headline versus the details. The Federal Reserve Board controls the headline. They control the big picture. The Fed is doing their job. Good for Jerome Powell. Way to go. The details are controlled by the administration. President Biden is the one who can control the spending of the government. He's the one who can influence permits for energy, drilling for oil. He's the one who can control supply chain issues. He controls those two numbers, Tony. So we talk, how many, how many months have we been talking about Biden versus Powell? And the Biden is looking bad and the Powell is looking good. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis. Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box. So we are 6% annualized, half percent up in food. We are 30, what was that number? 32%? 32. 32%. 
32.4% annualized, up 2.7% on energy, yet the overall is only 0.2% versus 0.4%, and that's got people excited. Now let's take this and extrapolate it, take it out of the markets and take it into the real world. We've seen Meta shed 11,000 jobs. We have seen uh, a lot of other tech companies losing jobs or putting hiring freezes on. We're hearing about Amazon uh, losing 10,000 jobs. And you have people, whether it's the Jamie Diamonds of the world or others talking about recession 2023. Which one are people supposed to look at? What the markets are cheering or what the those in the marketplace are doing? Uh, Tony, they should look at neither. They should get in their car, fill up their tank, and buy their food, and let that be the deciding factor for how they feel, and they'll see exactly what we're talking about. You argue that Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, is doing all the right things. This aggressive approach has worked, and that uh, you've also argued that while it may slow down, there is still going to be a need for an aggressive approach. We have heard Jerome Powell say he is not going to make the mistakes of former Fed Chair Paul Volcker. He is not going to wait. He is going to hammer down until this inflation is done. And then you've had people double down on that, whether it be Larry Summers, uh, the former Treasury Secretary, or others talking about the idea that you have to have a federal funds target of 6% as opposed to the 4.6, 4.8 that the Federal Reserve is right now. You've also discussed the battle between uh, Jerome Powell, which is the Federal Reserve, and the White House, which is really the Democratic Party and the concept of spending. Now that you have a Congress, the House of Representatives, which seems to be uh, in the hands now, just one vote away, uh, well, it could have changed all by by now, of of being in Republican (laughs) hands, you have the opportunity for gridlock. Does gridlock make Jerome Powell see things differently? I know it'll make the markets very happy. Will it make Jerome Powell happy? I think he has, he will wait and see. My hope is yes. He, he is hoping that gridlock will prevail. But I don't, I don't know, Tony, because will the Republicans succeed in creating gridlock or will they cave in like they often do when they're hammered by the media? I don't know the answer to that question. You would know it better than me. You're the media expert. Will they stand their ground or will they cave in? I don't know. Well, I, th- I, I you know, I've been discussing this and I will get more into it today. Uh, the idea that what's going to happen is Republicans are going to say, well, look, we've got too much spending and we have to not spend on this and that. And Democrats are going to say, well, my gosh, look at Republicans. They're going to shut down the government because they won't raise the debt ceiling and they won't spend on this. Or look at the government project. They're going to cut. Look how it's going to affect minorities. They're always going to play that game. And there are no Republicans who will stand up and say, shut up. You liars, just shut your mouth. Which, by the way, that person gets to be the next president, in my view, Dr. Will. And that's how that's how I, I, I do these things. So there is going to be immense pressure. But could it be that the Fed is willing to support some of those kinds of cuts? Will the Fed get involved in this and say, hopefully this means there will be a reduction in spending? Do they ever talk like that? And uh, could there... Could there be better times ahead or what do we maybe separate from this conversation what do we think are the better times ahead if we just stay on this path with the federal reserve Uh, okay you 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 had a lot in that statement slash question um but i will tell you this the fed has said in the last few months 
very politely in their wording that they are concerned about fiscal stimulus being too much. They say it very politely in that way. And yes, they have weighed in and they continue to weigh in, but they're very judicious in how they say it. You're not answering my question. I think you're doing that on purpose. <laughs> you're, you're, a smart, you're a very smart guy, Tony. See what he did there? Is there any chance that Jerome Powell is willing to say, hey, while we, we do have to stop this spending, you do have to slow it down, or is he not going to get involved in that at all? He's, he, he's going to pretend like there's nothing he can do about that and he's only going to play his game. No, Tony, he has said it. If you go back and read their statements, he has said it, but he said it in a very polite manner because he knows that he has no real control over it. So, no, he, he will not be, no, he will not get on a bully pulpit. He will not go up and say they've got to shut down fiscal policy. We keep doing our best, but we keep losing ground because of what they're doing. He's not going to say that. That's not his style, and it's not the Fed's style, even though they indicate it in their polite statements. Food is up, energy is up, the overall is down a touch. The things that affect Americans every day are still a problem. Is there anything that you're seeing on the horizon? Is there any movement that you're seeing, whether it be some of those tech stocks uh, and tech companies I've talked about or other things happening on the small business side, things happening on an inventory side? There was a whole conversation about Walmart actually seeing a change in their inventories, removing that glut that they had, which could be seen as a very, very good move. That's, that shows us some promise for the economy short term or that shows us that these people who have been talking about recession 2023 are accurate? No, I, I, I think that you see both, Tony. And I know you, we don't like to hear that, but the, my number one go-to report is the uh, Purchasing Manager's ISM report. That thing comes out every month. It's a real world, not a government report. And they show new orders shrinking, but they see production up. Employment is flat but declining. They see deliveries down, inventories growing. So it's like this thing is full of schizophrenia. Half the report is good and half the report is recession indicating. It's, it's I tell you, it's a very crazy environment, numerically speaking, in the economy. It makes no sense. I, on this, we don't disagree, sir. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I appreciate taking the time to be with us. So much more to get to and everything at TonyCats.Locals.com. This is Tony Katz today. I don't care who you are. Those numbers out of Arizona are just weird as can be. They are weird and they are strange and they are peculiar and they are frustrating. You see Republicans win in congressional seats. They now control a majority of congressional seats in this election, but they lose the governor's race to Katie Hobbs. Oh, Carrie Lake is this, that, and the other. No, she was a little dopey in some last minute uh, uh, election work where she was attacking McCain. Uh, I don't quite get it, but not dopey. This is a very weird result. You can win the treasurer race with Republicans, superintendent of public instruction, but not the governor, not the AG. And, oh, there may be very well recounts, lots and lots of recounts going on in Arizona. This is nuts. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. That's where we've got it all, people. TonyKatz.Locals.com. We need to make sense of what's going on 
in Arizona, so I brought in help. John Gabriel joins us right now. He is the editor-in-chief of ricochet.com, and he's also a columnist at the Arizona Republic, and you've got the numbers up there over at ricochet.com, the latest numbers that were dropped last night, coming at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m., uh, 7 p.m., I think, where, where you are uh, right yep. now. What did this last drop have in it? How uh, impossible is it for Carrie Lake to make up a difference? And what do these numbers tell you? Well, um, they've been weird this year, to be sure. First off, um, yeah, fix your darn vote counting, Arizona. My gosh, this is crazy. It was a debacle uh, two years ago. It's a debacle yet again. And I'm sorry, they can count all the votes in a country like Brazil in three hours. I, I think we can figure it out for just one state. Um, so that um, reduces people's trust in it to begin with. So they're dripping and drabbing out these votes. And in the past, it's always been these last votes get more and more Republican-leaning as they go. That didn't happen as strongly this time. So you would have like – and every every night another count would come out. So Saturday, people were expecting Carrie Lake to get 60%. She would get 52%. The next night, they'd expect Carrie to get 60, 65%. And she would get about 55%. So it just kept kind of underperforming. So she has gained over the past few days, but it hasn't been enough for her to catch up. So last night you had, on Monday night, you had national networks calling the race for Hobbs. Statistically, um, there's still a chance. Like you say, there could end up being a recount. But right now, just in the bare numbers, Carrie Lake would need of the outstanding vote, probably about 75% of those votes. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? Not really. So um, this is a race. The polls had Carrie Lake in the lead um, the last month. As you noted, uh, Katie Hobbs is just an atrocious candidate. And if she is elected as governor, she will be terrible. And I'll have to live with that. Well, let's let's take a so. let's take a step back for for a moment, yep. John. Talking to John Gabriel of the Arizona Republic, the editor in chief of Ricochet.com. Um, let's talk about why it took so long to count these votes. Because the answer of "Hey, get it together, Arizona" is true, but it's not going to happen. Obviously, this is absolutely unacceptable. How did this happen? How, what can the people do about it? Because the Secretary of State right now is Katie Hobbs. She may very well be the governor. A Democrat seems to have been elected the next Secretary of State. Doesn't seem to me like they'll change anything. What happened? How does it get fixed? How does anybody do anything about this? First off, the people have to demand it gets fixed. Nothing. Politicians are not going to budge unless the people just out and out demand fixes. I'm sorry, Florida was a national joke in 2000. They fixed it. Now it just takes them a couple hours to canvas the whole state. Uh, the problem is, one thing, um, I compared Miami-Dade County in Florida, which is about two-thirds the size of Maricopa County, our largest county here in Arizona. Well, um, basically, Miami-Dade has, for every about 2,500 voters, they have a polling place. In Arizona, in Maricopa County, we have one polling place for over 20,000 voters. Basically, there are 10 times as many polling places in Miami-Dade County as there are in Maricopa County. And just expand that by the state. There are not enough polling places. 
And these poll workers do not have a sense of urgency. You know, they will be counting, and then it, uh, I don't know, the clock strikes 1130, and they're like, ah, that was a good day of work. See you all at 10 a.m. tomorrow. No, you stay there and you count the votes. This happens every two years. You can pull a couple all-nighters. I also went to Arizona State. Pulled a few all-nighters there. They can handle it. They're getting paid to do this. This is their job. Talking to John Gabriel of the Arizona Republic. There are people who are going to tell you that this is fraud. That this is fraud from beginning to end. You got to fix the fraud. You can't fix anything until you have the power. It can't be fixed, which is why I'm a believer in the all of the above strategy, uh, which is you got to be doing mail in voting. You got to be doing uh, vote uh, ballot curing. You got to be doing ballot harvesting. This is how the left does things. What to what extent do those things happen in Arizona? Because that question's been asked about Nevada, where they have the mail-in voting. By the way, so does Florida. Yet Florida doesn't have these issues, but they have the ballot curing from the culinary union in Nevada and the ballot harvesting. What does Arizona have? Uh, we don't have a big history of the ballot harvesting, thankfully. But uh, once COVID hit, we got these stupid drop boxes, and I, I don't know. I I don't trust them. They're just too much chance for fraud when you're dealing with these kind of things. There weren't too many of them. Uh, This is not a democratic machine-controlled state. We don't have the huge unions like they do in the uh, Las Vegas area and Clark County. So we don't have to worry about that. But look, we got to keep, as someone once said a long time ago, it's important to keep honest people honest. Assume the best of your opponents and make damn sure they cannot game the system and they can't cheat. Because um, any chance of shenanigans, all that does is reduce voters' trust in the system. And then you have a situation where voters just throw up their hands and say, why do I even bother? Um, That's why they need to fix this. That's why they need to be completely transparent about it instead of um, whining and complaining that, look, we're following state law and this is just how it goes in Arizona. Well, it's not good enough. We pay you guys. We pay your salaries. Fix it. Now, one of the things that I have been looking at is the vote count, which you have up at ricochet.com. And I'm willing to accept the idea that this has happened before in other elections, but I would argue that it's rare. If we take a look at that governor's race and we take a look at the total number of votes Katie Hobbs has, and uh, Carrie Lake is within 22,000 votes uh, of of Katie Hobbs, Katie Hobbs has 1.265 million votes. But if you go down to the treasurer, Kimberly Yee, the Republican who won this race by 10 points, it shows that she has 1.363 million votes. The treasurer candidate has more votes by 100,000 than the gubernatorial candidate. I'm sorry, I don't understand how that is remotely possible. And I think the people who are like, clearly there's something wrong here, can point to that and say, there's something really wrong here when the treasurer candidate has more votes than the governor candidate. Yeah, I'm thinking what happened here. Here's my working theory, at least. Okay, John McCain passed four years ago. Conservatives never trusted him. That's inside Arizona. It's outside Arizona as well because he betrayed conservatives consistently. Well, you have kind of the old guard in the state who still follow that line. They still like that maverick voting with the Democrats every other vote. 
That's what they like. That's what they're used to. Well, Kimberly Yee just kind of talked about fiscal responsibility. She does a great job. She didn't get into anything, any kind of cultural issues. She was just like, I'm going to protect the public fisc. You can trust me. I own a calculator. That's it. And she's a known quantity. People are like, oh, yeah, she's inoffensive. I'm thinking what happened since the Masters campaign and the Kerry Lake campaign were criticizing McCain throughout, uh, criticizing John McCain and the whole McCain Republican side of things here. They were consistently insulting them for months instead of saying, hey, let's all be one big happy family and get together. Boy, all all Carrie Lake needed was less than 1% of the vote, and she would have taken this thing. And as bitter a pill as it is, and man, I can be... uh, I was I was pretty darn anti-McCain myself when he was running every six years. But, um, man, you need every vote you can get. And I think that Kerry Lake especially just turned off just enough voters um, that she didn't win those people over, that someone who's kind of a, you know, a bog-standard Republican, I'm going to be uh, fiscally responsible, like Kimberly Yee. People knew who she was. She's been in state government a long time. And she's competent at what she does. They're like, oh, yeah, she's a boring Republican. I'll vote for her. But I'm not going to go over to Carrie Lake since she insulted me and my favorite senator ever. So there still is a McCain effect here in Arizona, even four years on. And we're seeing it in the exit polls and we're seeing it in the numbers. That's my working theory now. Um, As you know, I'll be continuing to go through exit polls and spreadsheets and try to nail this down further. But that would be the explanation apart from, you know, total fraud or something like that. Thankfully, there's a lot of GOP observers and lawyers on the ground. They've been here since before Election Day, and they are going to chase any kind of rabbit trail to find any kind of shenanigans going on, expose those and get those reversed. Before I move on, because I do have another question for you, Uh, the governor's race is basically 1%. Uh, you have the attorney general race, which is less than 1% difference. You have the superintendent of public instruction race, where the Republicans in the lead right now by less than, by basically two tenths of a point. How many of these are going to recount? Boy, I'm thinking probably attorney general will go to recount. That's um, Abe Hamada. He is the Republican candidate. I actually worked with him 10 years ago at the Goldwater Institute think tank here in Phoenix and a good guy. I think that'll probably go to a recount because, boy, that's a toss up right now. And uh, he could end up taking the lead. Uh, He's like 0.2 percent behind right now. I'm thinking the superintendent of public instruction, that's like our head educator, basically. Um, we got a pretty far-left lady in there now, Kathy Hoffman. Tom Horn is now barely leading her, but the remaining votes to be counted will be majority Republican, and I think he's going to take that and be outside the margin of error with that victory. This is huge since we're a big school choice state, and any kind of Republican we can get near education is a good, good thing. So this is where it gets fascinating. By the way, uh, the Republican, Abe Hamada, is down by 4,000 votes, 4,200 votes to the Democrat Chris Mays. Tom Horn, the Republican in that superintendent of public instruction race, is ahead by 5,500 votes over the Democrat Kathy Hoffman. This election, it didn't go the way Republicans thought. We've discussed this before, not the way I wanted it to go as a conservative. 
But there are stories out of this, whether it's school board, whether it's things like public instruction there in in Arizona, every county, every county in New York trended more Republican than than four years ago or two years ago. It's it's incredible. Is there something that the people should be taking from this and how they run campaigns and fight going into 2024 in your view? The most hopeful thing about what you just said is people getting active in their neighborhoods, in their school districts, in their small communities. These people are just, they're on the first rung of the political ladder right now. These people are going to be going higher and higher over the next 10, 20, 30 years. And that is where the hope is for the Republican Party. It worked out great in New York and um, in Arizona, too. The top offices might not have gone our way, but the state uh, Republicans hold the state legislature, both houses of that. We actually flipped three Democratic U.S. congressional seats. So we're going to finally again have a majority GOP slate of candidates to send back to Capitol Hill. So there are good stories here. Um, But what gives me the most hope is um, the longer I look at politics, the more I realize everything happens from the local level up and if you can start talking to your neighbors and changing mind once at a time um this bodes very well of a party moving forward now the response to that from people angry about let's say what they're seeing in arizona is how in the world does it it doesn't even matter if you win some things on the local level because you've got this fraud you're never going to get the top line stuff and the fraud's only going to lead to more fraud making it more and more impossible it's a it I get the people who are angry and I get the people questioning, but some of the results say if the whole thing is fraud, why would they allow any victories uh, uh, across uh, the, the line is what people normally respond with. But this idea of this mail-in balloting stuff, what they can't count Maricopa, leads people to say what the bloody heck is the point. And if they're going to commit these acts, which some consider to be fraud, how in the world do you fight it? The same answer still apply? Yeah, I, I think people just need to demand that, uh, and that's what I'll be doing over the next couple of years, demand that the government change things. And there are a lot of Republicans in high places uh, in local, locally, but also the state legislature. GOP controls the state Senate, the state House of Reps, and that's where any change should be made. And I think that Katie Hobbs, if she holds on to this victory, she won by such a tiny sliver of a vote Democrats were very frustrated with her the entire campaign and were complaining about her. Even leftist organs were constantly bashing her for not doing a good job. Um, It's time for the state legislature to steamroll the governor. And uh, I think everybody in the state and both parties wants this thing fixed because we're we're sick of waiting a week or two to find out who won local elections. It's insane. There's no reason for it. John Gabriel from Ricochet.com in the Arizona Republic. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Holy crap, Jay Leno. I mean, the story that he, I guess he was working on one of his cars, because you know Jay Leno, former late night talk show host, uh, long time road comic. Uh, the, as the story goes, Leno never touched the money he made from The Tonight Show. He lived on what he made as a road comic. That's insane insane and amazing um he was and he, a big car guy big car collector uh guy was working on a car and then uh something happened gasoline sprayed on him and he got kind of lit on fire i mean holy crap got kind of lit on fire it's 
nuts. And he put out put out like a, a tweet or maybe it was a statement. Yeah, I'll be down for a couple weeks. I'll be back on the road. Dude, you you that's day. I mean, last time you heard somebody on fire was very Richard Pryor. But for much different reasons. Crazy. Crazy. I am afraid to film my tires with air. I don't know. I just have this vision of just things, go, just the tire exploding and me dying. And like, what a way to go. Um, and then I see this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is why I have a mechanic. I'm, that's never going to be me. I, I'm glad the man's okay. I, I truly am. TonyCats.locals.com. That's where you find everything. And I only hope you'll become a subscriber. TonyCats.locals.com. That's what you do. Go be a part of the thing tomorrow, everyone. Take care.